everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I'm your host, Kat Loco, and with me, as always, every week, we have Christina Wald and Jen Kohler in the shadows. Unless you're watching us on YouTube, then hello there. Hope you're doing well. So you can follow us on social media at, media at SinCabinetCurio on Twitter at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And you can always email us your own hometown haunt stories to our Gmail account, hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. And of course, shout out to all those who are brand new listeners that this is your first episode. We're an official podcast. You can find us on iTunes and on YouTube where you can watch our shining faces every single week. You can look for us on iTunes at Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us on all of those different providers so that spooky lovers like you can find us and enjoy the podcast. And uh, all, all of our links to all of our stories and our sources are in the show notes. So ladies, how are you doing tonight? Good. Jen covers her mouth and yawns. Sleepy. <laughs> I have a have a visitor by the name of Boo Dog, my little doggy niece that I am Aww. watching. Aww. She is on a different sleep schedule than I am, so I have to get up really early to let her outside so she doesn't pee in the house. <laughs> oh, I know those struggles. What kind yeah. of dog is she? She is a black lab Aww. and is the sweetest dog ever. Are, are yeah. you going to pay a doggy tax here and so we can see her at some point during the show? She's camera shy. Anytime you put a camera near her face, she's like, nope. Aww. Nope. Nope. I will not look at you. Okay. But, I mean, I can try. <laughs> yeah. If she comes into the shot, then we'll know who she is. I've been trying to get a picture of her just to post on my social media and she just will not Aww. let me. <laughs> I have to trick her somehow. Wait till she's sleeping so I can yeah. <laughs> be closer. Oh, so yeah. So that's why that's why I'm yawning. I actually went to bed early last night and my poor cat woke me up nudging me and meowing at me like there is a dog in my house and I don't know what to do. I need <laughs> to go to the kitchen and drink some water, but I can't because there's a dog in the living room. Oh. <laughs> so I had to get up. And yeah. kind of escort her. Betsy, it's okay. You can go get water. Boo dog's not going to bite you. Aw. She says, oh, anyway. really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Boo doesn't care. She just does not care. She's All she cares about is getting pets and attention from me and her humans. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Christina, <laughs> yeah. how are you doing? Good, good. You know, it's the usual. Just doing a lot of painting, a lot of Finishing up my book about sloths for the San Diego Zoo. So lots of painting of rainforest plants and animals. So that's been fun. Well, those um, are fun. Those yeah. are fun subjects to be painting. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I, I, I love how, you know, I'm always drawing something different, you know, whether it's like for Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities, where it's like historical medium and sort of 1800s or cute sloths, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of variety. I'm always doing something different each day so yeah and you know it, it, it's 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 a it's a wide variety like i've done uh for several years i've been doing illustrations for the Keyshawn kennel club and so i'm doing a picture mm -hmm. of a Keyshawn right now too which oh, they're nice. super cute 
Um, I always wanted one, but, uh, you know, and my husband loved them, but he's allergic to dogs now. I think because of the parasite that cats put in your brain, it's Mm -hmm. rewired his brain. So now he's allergic to dogs. Yep. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that's Uh scary, isn't it? And of course- That's how you become a crazy cat lady is that parasite. Yeah. Well, I've always, (laughs) I've always been crazy, but I feel like now that we have three cats, I have graduated Uh from- graduated to crazy cat lady so Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i I feel good about it though and that's part of the parasite you know you feel good about it but there's a similar parasite with dogs because i got three dogs (laughs) i've had the i have the max legal limit in cincinnati for really there's i had no idea there was a max of of dogs Hmm. yep didn't know that illegally there is that doesn't stop people from adopting more than one dog or more than three but yeah you're only allowed to register three max dogs at a house with the tags interesting and actually this is segueing rather nicely into the weird thing this week because i live on the west side and what is the weird thing this week oh my goodness this was the this is the most fun news story Apparently, there are monkeys reportedly loose on the west side of Cincinnati as of Wednesday of last week. Yeah. Um, and it, it's <laughs> it's made national news because one of the sources for this for this is the Pittsburgh, uh, what is it, CBS local. So <laughs> I, I love it. So just to run down the news story, last Wednesday night, police received two tips that monkeys were loose in St. Joseph Cemetery on the west side. Do either of you two live anywhere near the cemetery? Um, I Price don't, Hill I don't is, think so. It's, no. it's in Price Hill. So, um, you know, even though I'm on the west side, that's actually like a 10 to that's 15 almost, minute drive. Yeah, it's not yeah, that That's close, more actually. central, isn't it? I consider well, Price Hill is considered the 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 west side, but it probably it is closer to downtown. Yeah, Yeah. River Road, or to Incline District and stuff. Actually, you know, it's 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 a decent drive. Downtown is closer. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cincinnati is interesting because we're like in a crater almost. Yes, exactly. Price Hill is one of the hills that overlooks the city, and then the west side just beyond that so um anyway cemetery staff cannot find evidence of the monkeys however even though they have trail cams that are throughout or security cameras throughout the cemetery and however they do know they do have a flock of wild turkeys that live in the cemetery and that is perhaps who the two people who reported seeing the monkeys actually saw if you look online at um USA Today reported on this as well. And this is the article that I have up. They have extremely grainy how they, it's the cameras they use to see Bigfoot grainy level of uh, video of these monkeys and in a tree. And they're really just black blobs going up and down a tree. Um, so yeah the turkeys nest in the tree it may be some some misinformation but we are taking it very seriously police sergeant joseph hicks said he said that the cincinnati zoo and the local animal warden were helping officers search but they had had seen no sign of monkeys police also had no reports from any primate owners of their monkeys being loose and this is just a fun little addendum ohioans are allowed to own marmosets 
capuchins, lemurs, and squirrel monkeys, according to the Department of Agriculture. Other species are considered dangerous and wild animals in Ohio. So I'm actually surprised you're allowed to own lemurs and marmosets because those are like mostly rainforest kind of animals. I think there's also a variety of different lemurs and marmosets. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't get into the weeds with which ones. Guys, remember the monkey at Grand Antique Mall in Evendale? Redding? No, I didn't know there was a monkey at the Grand Antique Mall. Oh, yeah. I did not know it. I can't I think she, it was a girl that her story is on their website, but. Wow, we'll have to um, check that out. I used used to love going to see her because she was in this this big cage and, you know, she's hanging out there. I don't remember what. What kind of monkey was she? I don't remember. Sorry, I know real helpful, but she was there for a long time yeah 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 when i went to costa rica we saw some capuchins and they're super cute and and there were spider monkeys there and um what else there was a bunch of different stuff Mm-hmm. um howler you know, monkeys are a bitch though yeah they're mean uh, with the primatology I, mean. I mean they're they're they, they're they territorial mean. they threw sticks at me when i was sketching <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody <laughs> who just hear, uses earbuds because I just guffawed into the microphone. They were throwing sticks at you. <laughs> yeah, they were throwing stuff at me when I was sketching oh. one morning in Costa Rica. It's hilarious. At and least we, it wasn't sorry. poo. <laughs> at we, least we, it wasn't poo. We saw them when we were at, at, at uh, Tikal in, in Guatemala too because uh, yeah. that's in the rainforest. and It's really cool oh. to see them. I remember seeing macaques in Japan and getting all excited. And then those are little bastards. uh, They'll chase you. uh, I'm sure it's multiple countries, but is it India or there's because the monkeys are so used to people, they just go up and like, just take food and stuff out of your hands and will sit on your head. That's anywhere where humans and monkeys or apes will live. Um, They'll, they'll do that. So yeah, you have both new world and old old world monkeys that will do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for gorillas, they'll, well, they'll mess you up. Uh, yeah, know, and so uh, will chimpanzees. Bonobos are your friends. Anyway, sorry, mm-hmm. Christina. No, uh, uh, chimpanzees are very dangerous. I mean, you hear about mm-hmm. those stories of people getting attacked by them. I mean, they're like they're they're kind of human like, I guess you know. And so they humans are. are humans like are us. Too. They're a great ape. Yes, but but yeah, you're right. Bonobos are very very friendly and happy and. Yeah, don't you? Yeah. Chim- Chimpanzees no- have really big teeth, mean looking yeah. teeth. Okay. Yeah, you're not supposed to smile at them, um, because that's a fight stance, if I remember correctly. Huh. And mm-hmm. just like with gorillas, don't smile at them either. Um, mm-hmm. But humans, uh, gorillas, chimpanzees, bonobos are all considered great apes. So we all can use tools. We all can communicate, and uh, we all have little families too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we love uh, sketching like the gibbons at at the Cincinnati Zoo and stuff. But it's it's mm-hmm. sounding like the the story isn't really like monkeys. So if no one's reported missing monkeys, yeah, it sounds no one... like it was not. Yeah, as of Sunday, <laughs> so last night, um, there were yeah, phantom monkeys. Oh my goodness, um. Holyrood House in Scotland, I think, has a phantom ape in rolling, roaming its halls. Anyway, Excellent. as of last night, there were still no monkey sightings and no monkeys reported. So I think it's a case of wild turkeys. 
I know Mike, while walking the dogs last week, ran into a turkey vulture here no, on the east cool. side. They are Ooh. very cool. Scared the bejesus out of him, though, because those have a wingspan of six feet. So okay. he was just like, I don't know what I saw, but it was bigger than a crow and it was all black. And I'm like, that sounds like a turkey vulture. And I have a story. Just, oh. Well, it's not all that interesting. So I would, since I live on the west take side. my ooh back. Sorry. Um, I would drive, it's called Colerain, but it's like it right now. I think it's like old Colerain or whatever. It goes by the Wesleyan Cemetery. Yeah, the old turnpike. Yes. So there's a street there. It's considered north side. And there was this one particular gigantic tree. For one year, the tree was covered in turkey vultures. Whoa. Ah! Covered. I And actually, the day, Christina, we went to um, um, the art school. I t- stopped and took pictures of them on my way home. Oh, neat. And I mean, there had to be 20 or 30 of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I haven't driven that way in a while since I've been working from home, but that was the last time I had seen them there. I wonder, I, I don't know that much about um, the, the, the social structure of turkey vultures, but I know like herons when they're mating, like have a rookery where they all like kind of fly around mm and um because usually herons are solitary birds except when they have young and then they all like are in a rookery where there's a bunch of different herons and they're raising their babies and i don't know Hmm. if that's similar for vultures or not but that sounds kind of like that but i could be totally wrong so i should read and find out Um, well i i did look it up and i'm probably won't quote things correctly but i think they do tend to live in like old um dead trees Mm-hmm. I don't think this tree was quite dead, but I mean, of dead course, enough. the ground, yeah, the ground and and it was in the winter mainly mm-hmm. that I saw them. And I mean, the ground and stuff was covered in all their their stuff. And uh, <laughs> but it was just fun driving by, seeing them just chilling, and then you'd see a bunch of them. Oh, they're so you cool. know, yeah. So I'll I'll look. I'll try to find my my photos and post them. Oh, definitely, definitely. That yeah, good. But, but they're cool, creepy birds. That they're gross. They eat dead things, and they're yeah. definitely god like vultures. <laughs> they're very smart. Yeah, um, yeah. They're and actually, crows are very smart too. Like they, they are. It was, it was. I was at a women's art retreat. Um, was it like in 2019? And it was um in the port angeles area which is like if you know where seattle is port angeles is sort of the the little town that's right by um the water and you can like take a ferry over to canada where uh uh, victoria um is which is the capital of of uh, british columbia i believe um i'm sure our, our canadian listeners will uh uh you know correct us but um and that's fine we were walking around like in this area that was it was june but there was still a lot of snow there and um one of uh the people in our group was sketching and she had bought a mug at the store and it was in a brown bag and this crow thought it was her lunch and flew off with it everybody was disappointed <laughs> because the crow dropped the the glass the mug and broke it 
and um there was no lunch so everybody was disappointed she was sad to lose her mug the crow was sad that there was not a sandwich (laughs) in the bag you know but apparently they're used to like people having food you know at the picnic tables and stuff so poor crow it was trying so hard everybody lost that day it did it was it was a it was a lose for everyone no. Well, speaking of Canada, that's a very good segue. I don't know if you meant to do it. We have a hometown haunt follow-up from Canada. Who wants to read it? I can. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I, don't go have ahead. The, I didn't get the document for some reason. Okay. So just before I get into it, it's Pat Ann, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, she's a longtime friend and friend of the show. Uh, she and Larry are probably listening right now. Hi, Pat Ann and Larry. Hi, Pat and Larry. Thank so, you for listening. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and for any feedback. <laughs> so last week, I reported on my particular favorite cryptid, which are the melon heads of Kirkland, Ohio, even though Kirkland is technically outside of Cleveland and not Cincinnati. But hey, we're just going to, they're still Buckeyes. So after last, last week's episode, um, Pat Ann and Larry wrote in a, in a, ooh, Wow. Words. Uh, They wrote in a similar story that comes from Ontario, Canada, which I love. So this is what she wrote. She goes, hey, we're listening to your latest podcast and the Melonhead legend crossed the Great Lakes to Hamilton, Ontario. I was a child when I was told about the King's Forest baby snatchers. Ours look the same way, but our local lore claims that they were forgotten alien children abandoned when their ship took off. And yes, Ours eat babies too. It makes sense that the lore began in the early 1970s. I found out about it when I was 10, which would have been before 1977. Thank you for sharing that story, Pat Ann. That's really interesting. And that's really close to our story. I wonder if it has any similarities with Detroit's version of the melon heads. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, In your studies of these sorts of stories, are there regional... Like, are there areas where this is a regional thing? Oh, yeah. The, it's becoming less and less so because of the internet. But we did have um, ethnomusicologists and some folklorists were able to study this before, like back in the 90s and the early aughts, before we had too much, basically, dysphoria of common legends. So um, Bloody Mary is a good example. She's one that I studied back when I was in college there are different versions of bloody mary or ghosts that can be summoned from bathrooms which is why bathrooms why uh, they're they're always haunted but um even in tonight's topic we have a haunted bathroom so but yeah candy well yeah candy man um but that's based off a murder story isn't it they just covered that on my favorite murder yes yes um especially after that um TikTok about the girl who went through yes, the mirror that went through. If you the, don't know what yeah. we're talking about, just Google "girl go through mirror" on TikTok, and you'll see all sorts of lovely things about that wow. um, in New York City. But yeah, with Bloody Mary, uh, how you summon her will be different. Sometimes you use red candles, sometimes you use black candles, sometimes she appears through the mirror after three callings, sometimes it's 13, sometimes it's at midnight, sometimes it's at 1 a.m., sometimes she carries a knife. If you're in Brazil, she'll come through the toilet. So it, it's 
there's a lot of different versions of Bloody Mary or summoning of ghosts from the mirror in a bathroom. And it's even changed uh, to the bathrooms because a lot of large, like modern buildings that were built from like in the 80s and the 90s have those huge bathroom mirrors that are like the size of a wall versus um, summoning. There's a divination is a there's a form of divination that came from uh, the spiritualist movement where back during the late Victorian, early Edwardian times, so you're looking at the turn of the last century, girls would try to summon in the mirror who their future husbands would look like. And they, that one would be like a Halloween ritual. So they would walk up or down stairs backwards with a candle and a mirror. And you would see if you reached the bottom of the staircase, you'd see your uh, future husband or future partner in the mirror. If you saw a skull, that meant they were going to die before you got married. So using mirrors as divination or summoning is quite ancient and still done today by some Wiccan and uh, pagan practitioners. So So do women now like see how far they'll go up, like, like how far they'll be promoted in their career? Like looking at the one, will I be CEO or will I be executive (laughs) vice president? Completely depends on what your life goals are. Um, (laughs) You can actually, there's quite, oh man, the name is escaping me eluding me right now but there is a type of mirror that you can use and it's in a black room there's no light and you're supposed to be able to summon and see things that way too and i'm sure somebody is screaming in the comments just like a ghost saying it's blah 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 and we'll probably read the correction next week but um yeah the that's still used today using mirrors to see the dead or communicate or see your future i remember doing that trying to see my future when i was at, in middle school with a mirror at a girl's sum, slumber party so did you see uh, that was yeah i did i thought i saw myself in a wedding dress <gasps> and i am married but i will say my life goal was not to be married Sorry, a I'm similar married. wedding dress to what you wore on your actual wedding day yeah it it was a dress and it was white okay <laughs> that's about as exact as i can get I, we never did that. We did, um, of course, Bloody Mary with no candles in the bathroom and mm-hmm. light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. And we never, in the, in St. Louis, I didn't know of any mirror stuff other than Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. But how about you, Christina? Um, you know, I think we did some like Ouija board stuff and, and that um, kind of thing, but we never did any mirror kind of things. Ouija boards are fun. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. my grandma actually mm-hmm. used one all the time as a as a lap desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know, like she she had one in her house and and used it like never as a Ouija board. I don't even think she had any of the stuff with it, but just as her lap desk when she wrote letters and stuff. I oh, do know my funny. grandmother and my grandfather were spiritualists that had their own Ouija board they had carved nice. out of a plank Ooh. of wood but i've never seen it i suspect they got rid of it back in the 70s when the exorcist came out <laughs> that you know, interrupted I, I, the spiritualist movement greatly yes i'm, I'm yes. kind of curious because right now there's a huge I, I, and i don't know how long this has been going on but it seems to me right now there's a huge interest in tarot and oh um, yes there's so many tarot desks being made like i have several friends working on them um, I know people that are reading them and it's interesting because the origins of tarot 
are somewhat like recent uh and of yeah. course the artist that did the most famous tarot deck is a woman that probably didn't get enough money um for her for as much as they've been reprinted and stuff um and i i'm surprised that you don't see people designing other things like tarot like say like a ouija board redesign like it seems like no one's done a new modern take on it and maybe they have i just haven't seen it but it I seems like maybe it's the... less interesting than tarot because tarot has a lot more juicy stuff if you're an artist to draw well yeah you have a lot more opportunity to draw the cards let me look up my reddit real quick because i follow a, diff- a lot of different boards i'm pretty sure the wiccan board um you can get they they show off a lot of the different yeah um they show off a lot of their homemade stuff it's much more of a cottage industry for doing Mm -hmm. talking boards technically not just ouija boards so you can have different uh styles and it all depends on how you read and scry and talk to the dead so um, when we also etsy has a lot when i was at the uh uh residency in norway with light gray art lab we made runes little rune stones that was fun those are very popular too except i i I didn't do a very good job i'm not i need to get better at doing hand lettering and stuff because i didn't think mine looked that good but i wanted to make a ouija board out of glass Ooh, ooh. um that just but since i can't i can't draw it's not I, just, I need to rethink how I'm going to do it, I guess. That seems like something ripe for redesign. I mean, you know, yeah. like like you could make something that looked like, I mean, less antiquated, you know, something that's like cool. You know, design. Although but like old you said, and creepy is cool. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say the people that usually are going to be using a talking board like that design. So I think that's one reason why it hasn't moved on. Mm-hmm. Well, why does Tara... Was it Parker Brothers... I think Parker Brothers has like a girly one that's bright pink and shiny. Now that's awesome. I mean, I mean, it seems like with tarot, like I and I think it is so many artists want to redesign them and draw them because they have, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of like I said, fodder that is very drawable. I don't know. Yeah. So, how do you design your own? Uh, tarot deck like I've wanted to do that too but again drawing is a huge amount of work it's a lot of (laughs) work so it helps if you know what each card can represent and there are multiple ways of reading each card like the death card doesn't usually mean physical death it usually Mm -hmm. means an ending and a beginning Mm -hmm. so it helps to know how yeah transformation It, it helps to know what the intent of each card is when you're drawing them and yeah. you can do it. You can personalize it any way you want. Um, I know I wanted to make a witches and sorcerers themed one. Oh, that'd be one cute. Down the road. Yeah. Um, I've been looking for a tarot deck, but um, to to do readings from, from time to time. But one, one of the rules is you wait till they come to you. The right deck should come to you. You, you shouldn't really go out and pick one type of thing. So the mm-hmm. opportunity will arise where... To design sure. one or to buy one, both. The it's like cat ownership, where people say that you shouldn't like go look for a cat that they'll find you. So maybe that's the same with the tarot deck. Um, yeah. Well, I know I, I don't know how many. I have a lot of friends that have worked on tarot decks, so perhaps somebody will um, maybe in the comments or contact us with a tarot deck they recommend. Yeah, that'd be good. Cat. 
I know one that I got recommended a lot before was the Hello Kitty tarot deck. <laughs> now that sounds <laughs> like totally a, awesome. It, it's very cute. It's a little bit mass produced, so that makes me a little hesitant towards it. But um, I know Marla Brooks, who is a Parrot X radio host, she also is a witch and she has her own tarot deck. So that one's a good deck too. It seems to be a fairly accurate read. So it seems to be like a common thing that that people have their own personal tarot decks that have been illustrated or, um, you know, uh, put together. And if you go on Kickstarter, there's tons of them always being. Oh yeah, there's yeah. so many. Um, they are, and they're fun. They're fun to make. Uh, you can make your own just out of like copy paper. Technically, you don't need to have these huge fancy things. But I know, but the huge fancy ones are so cool. Uh, I'm trying to remember the ones that were in Penny Dreadful. Hmm. I'm just, I just remember uh, Eva Green. She had these really big, beautiful cards that she just, I don't know. I, I'm just remembering the scene of her spreading them out in the arc, in the arc in front of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I recently had I've a never friend. watched Penny Dreadful. I, oh, I recently should, had good. a friend that was looking for people to do stuff for her tarot deck and, um, you know, and then there's, you know, it's been neat seeing all the different artwork people have done. Um, it looks to me like a huge undertaking, but it's, yeah. it's actually, it actually seems like it's a good art project. If you want a prompt that you don't want to do like for our comic, for example, which, you know, this podcast is for, uh, you know, that's much more complex to figure out than in a way than a tarot card, because you kind of already have your art description for that, where we're writing mm-hmm. stories and illustrating them. So, yes. so what does the tar- does each every tar- tarot deck does it have the exact same cards? I mean, I know they're designed differently, but do they all? Yeah. Have, I, they all yeah, have. Yeah, so card. you're gonna have like different numbers of cups, and then you have different. Let me. Oh man, I was just actually gonna look up. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. This sounds like um, it could I, be a show topic in the future. Maybe we can get someone on to talk about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've looked it up before, but I could never decipher what exactly was supposed to be in the deck. I'm sorry, I, I gotta point this out. I look uh-huh. up tarot card decks, and one of the mm-hmm. first links that posts is from Oprah. <laughs> like, now that's the deck. Tarot I card went. Decks See, you, said, you said that you had to get one coming to you. That has come to you, so you have to get the Oprah deck. I want to <laughs> get the Oprah deck. <laughs> i don't think it's gonna suit me but oh my goodness that's, that's um, awesome yeah i so, love it that she has a deck that's funny uh let's see so uh tarot cards have four suits uh which vary by region what like and, cups wands yeah so there's each suit has 14 cards and then 10 pip cards numbering from one to ten and four face cards, king, queen, knight, and jack, or knave, or page. Um, so, yeah. It, so there's there's a lot of variety. We'll do a tarot card episode, okay. everyone. We, we've yeah. now decided that this will be one of our future Yeah, episodes. and we'll, we'll talk, mm-hmm. and maybe one of the people that I know that's working on tarot decks will come on and talk about it. Yeah, that sounds good. So, That'd be cool. So segueing now into our main topic. Yes. So the main topic for tonight is a local hometown haunt. It's not one brought by any listener, but it is the haunted Southgate house of Newport, Kentucky, because I thought while we were looking for topics, 
Kentucky hasn't had enough love on this series yet. So why not start in Newport, Kentucky, which is not Newport, Rhode Island. And trust me, if you Google haunted houses in Newport, that's what's actually going to pop up first. So uh, first off, I have not been to the Southgate house. As soon as I moved in, this was one of the main places that everyone said was haunted. And there's an interesting history about it. So it was built in 1814. And on, on the Southgate family estate, on top of the location where the original family's cabin had been located. So it's on the hill overlooking Newport. It was rumored to have been built by British prisoners of war jailed at Fort Washington from the War of 1812. Uh, The mansion is four stories tall, quite grand, and has a brick facade. The Southgates, as the family, the Southgates, entertained many noble people or notable people or at their home, including a young Abraham Lincoln before he became president of the United States of America, and the entire company of Captain Sherman's soldiers before their fight at the Battle of Jacinto during the war for the Texas independence. Uh, Built for Richard Southgate, who was a local lawyer and senator and silk manufacturer, he was quite wealthy. Due to Cincinnati and Newport and where they're located. So Newport, Cincinnati, for those of you who are not in this area, is directly across the Ohio River from Cincinnati in the way that Cincinnati will claim Newport and Covington as an annexed part of Ohio instead of being Kentucky. Jen sitting here going, no, but I've talked to people who will joke about it saying, yeah, Newport is the southernmost city of Ohio or Cincinnati is the northernmost city of Kentucky. So well, are the, the international airport, which uh, there's a lot of contention, is the Cincinnati International T- Airport is not in Ohio. It's in Kentucky. Nope. Exactly. So working at the Enquirer, we have the Cincinnati Enquirer and the Kentucky Enquirer. But let me tell you, that, that great divide of the Ohio River means a whole lot. <laughs> it does. It can. Because we get yelled at for not c- covering Kentucky enough. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, anyway. it's an interesting and diverse <laughs> area of kentucky that i think shares a lot of history the louisville being a river town and being a river town that had a lot of gangsters running around it um so in that way i think those two sister they're more like sister cities on the ohio river but newport and cincinnati during the late victorian era and early edwardian so turn of the 19th or turn of the 20th century um they had both of these cities both of our cities had a huge accelerated growth because of steamboats and this becomes a player at the um southgate house because there's a widow's walk that is on the top of the house where if you're up there you can see all the river boats docking and going down the ohio river and you can probably still see it to this day i haven't ever been able to get to the roof so i i can't comment but that's originally you could see it and that goes into one of the ghost stories a little bit later on so anyway so richard southgate was a senator very wealthy and it was a very profitable time for the area and there's actually two locations in newport there is the gateway district and then what is it the hill i can't remember the name of it right now do (laughs) anyway um yeah i just forgot the name of the other district but it's where all the old houses are so in both cincinnati and newport 
any of them that are built from like the 1880s um, or actually, sorry, 18 teens up until uh, the early 20th century, there's going to be grand estate, grand mansions and everything. And of course, the Southgate slowly sold off part of the family estate. So you have more and more large mansions around their neighborhood. Uh, Southgate House was one of these elegant mansions built during this time, especially in the East Row Historic District of Newport. That's what it was. Man, I just needed to read my notes some more. Anyway, Richard Southgate's great-grandson was born here in 1860, and there is a very large plaque dedicated to this man in Newport. He is known as Brigadier General John Thompson, who later invented the Thompson machine gun, aka the Tommy gun which got used a lot here in Cincinnati and Newport during Prohibition and the height of the gangster era down here. We had a lot of whiskey. We had a lot of distilleries around here and we had bonded pharmacies. And this is totally the story of George Remus and Imogene Remus of Cincinnati, the bootlegging lawyer who murdered his wife and um, that is Cincinnati and Newport history is really just run rum running and illegal booze and Tommy guns. So if you go to the Southgate house now, you will see a huge sign that says, this is where the Tommy gun was invented or the birth of the Tommy gun was here. The guy made it. Uh, Brigadier General John Thompson also invented some other automatic rifles that were used mostly during World War II and helped the Allied forces greatly. And I'm not going to comment on guns present day now. The house was sold off from the Southgate family in 1888. It changed hands several times before becoming the home of the Cincinnati rock scene. In 2012, it changed hands once again and was renamed the Thompson House. It is still a concert and entertainment venue where you can rent some creative spaces for events, which I think is really cool. Um, I like how they kind of preserved the area. It's not exactly how it is if you go... um, I think it was hauntedmansions.com, which is one of the sources we looked at. They actually do give you which each entertainment venue, what part of the house it's in and what used to be there. So June's lounge is on the first floor and that was the main part of the house. Uh, The ballroom was actually in the basement, which is interesting because usually ballrooms were on the third floor of mansions at this time because heat rises and it was easier to get all the air out because, you know, raving dance parties happened in the 1880s but um or 1814 um but yeah their their ballroom is actually in the basement which i believe is where the main concert venue is in the building so in the main bar so of course there are ghost stories associated with uh the southgate house or the thompson house and this is like i said coming into this topic as immediately one of the big locations it was bobby mackey's mu- music world in the southgate house those were the two haunted locations in northern kentucky that i heard about so Frances parker is actually the daughter of richard southgate and she inherited the house from her father and lived there until her own death so she lived her entire life in northern kentucky she is the grandmother to john thompson the brigadier general and uh she continues, there's reported sightings of her. She's probably the most prevalent ghost throughout the building. She is around all the time. 
um, making her presence known. She is known to open the front door and close it by and also closing it. The piano on the second floor is known to play on its own. And Francis is even held responsible for a Christmas tree traveling across the floor by four feet away from the French doors on one of the floors of the building. I, I love that. That's quite a distance for it to go. Uh, she kind of reminds me of the ghost of Suzanne up at Writers Inn in Painesville, Ohio, where she really seems to be very much in love with her building. It's very much her house. This is where she's very comfortable. And she's going to let people know when things go a little awry or something needs to be done. And that seems to be her role with the history of Southgate House. Another ghost is named Elizabeth, and she is thought to kind of be a main instigator of hauntings around the building as well. And she has she's thought to be a servant in the home to either Frances Parker or the Madu family. She is said to have hung herself from the widow's walk at the top of the building when she witnessed the steamboat that her husband worked on explode one morning on the Ohio River as a odd coincidence though her husband literally missed the boat that day and was not on board when his boat exploded so she committed suicide from thinking that her husband died only for him to return home to discover that she had died thinking he had died that's just tragedy all around so she has been seen around the building and is um said to also open and close doors, be cold spots, and be some of the mumbled whispering that you'll hear throughout the building. A little boy is said to haunt the building as well. His apparition has been seen. He's around six years old. And he's co he commonly makes a lot of rapping sounds on the walls. It is reported usually when it's just staff around and music's not on. Um, but his apparition, I would think, would be very startling to see in the middle of a rock entertainment scene to see like this little six-year-old boy in like 18, 18th century, so Victorian or 19th century Victorian clothes um, just staring at you. Can you imagine like a little six-year-old just staring at you in like little cut off and shorts and <laughs> Jen's shaking her head violently. She's like, no, I don't want him just sitting there knocking on the on the wall. Another ghost is a Civil War soldier, uh, a Confederate soldier to be exact. Patrons have carried on full conversations with this ghost, and he is seen in full manifestation. So he is not transparent. He's not glowing. He looks like a living person. He's full-bodied. These are very rare to run into, but patrons have run into him on the landing to the second floor and in the men's restroom yet again restroom ghost and patrons have had just full-on conversations with him before he just walks away he's seen also in june's lounge on the first floor and um they i guess staff have reported hearing men's laughter or chuckling around june's lounge late at night when no one is around except for staff and they can account for everyone so that would be very eerie to be hearing someone like laughing from the bar when no one's there also reportedly the sound of talking or mumbling has been heard throughout the house when it's not open to the public which would drive me mad i have lived in a house where i have phantom mumbling and you're just like am i having a break from reality 
what's happening to me but when the dogs are reacting to it too then you're like okay i don't feel quite as bananas as i could be so that is the hauntings of the Southgate house in newport kentucky what do you think really interesting um i i was thinking of some of the acts that i've seen there because i've i saw um we saw they might be giants perform there and oh, uh, Jonathan Colton perform there. He opened for they might be giants. And of course, as I was saying, I saw a comedian, Neil Hamburger there. And I've seen some, we've seen some other acts too. I don't, I wish I'd known it was haunted. I would have maybe looked a little bit more and talked to the bathroom more. <laughs> well, you would have had to gone into the men's bathroom. So I'm not sure how, mm. how the patrons would have liked that. But I mean, it was, it was one of those places that was so loud. Like when you were yeah. there, like, I, I don't even know how you would hear a ghost. So I would assume it's mostly staff that probably have heard and seen things. Yeah. I'm going to assume just from talking to people and doing paranormal investigations myself, it, it would be staff or people cleaning up in the early part of the morning that are running into these entities which is nothing is more concerning than knowing that the entire building is empty and you're cleaning up after a long night and then suddenly there's a confederate soldier standing on the stairwell staring at you or a creepy so. child or yeah, a creepy yeah. child yeah child ghosts always are just so sad they yeah, are i always go back to uh gauge and pet cemetery the little book is, mm. it's, it's, yeah i've just seen a clip of him <laughs> biting somebody <laughs> well I, I you know people that have gone to southgate house or that worked at southgate house if you have a hunting story tell us about it yes we'd love to hear it i, yeah. I like to expand more on this particular location i actually my regret is not being able to go deeper and find like death records and see who's died there. Cause I know Francis Parker died there. And so did Richard Southgate, who else from the family or any of the other families like the Madhu families that um, lived there for a really long time and see who passed away and could potentially be um, haunting the location. But I will n mention none of the haunts are malicious. They're all just, yeah basically people popping in to say hi yeah or uh, or to move the, the christmas tree because it's in the wrong spot yeah that yeah mm -hmm. so <laughs> i i always like places like that this is what most hauntings are it's people who are extremely attached to a location just trying to make sure that the location stays for the next couple decades do you what think the they'd let let us do a uh um a ghost hunt there maybe Maybe. Um, I was thinking that since you can actually rent out part of the rooms, it would be a good Ooh, place to do a yeah. book launching party, especially yeah. since oh, we have two books awesome. that are launching. Ooh, like we had last year's and this year's. And once we can actually see other people, totally that's up for is an option so it's just a rentable venue right now it's not because the southgate house too is a different location yeah there's yeah, southgate um, house revival which is also yeah. a concert venue the thompson house which is what it's been renamed to is also an entertainment venue who does host bands just like it had done for the past mm -hmm. 30 years so yeah. um, I mean, I always thought it would be nice if they restored it, because frankly, I thought when it was a music venue, I mean, the place kind of got trashed. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like they, yeah. people spilled booze there. I mean, it was hardly a place that was being cared for. 
um, you know, in, in a way that we would treat a historical site or whatever. Um, yeah, and it, I, don't I can think see that being upset about that, but I'm also happy to see that you have a historical site that as big as it is, that is being used regularly because mm-hmm. so many of the houses from this time period do just go and f- into ruin because no one can afford to They're take- extremely expensive to care for. Extremely, because yeah. you have to take out the asbestos, you have to take out the lead just to make them use usable for contemporary use um code violations up the wazoo like your the windows are the wrong size uh, mm-hmm. railings can be the wrong size and it won't be safe for contemporary humans to be a part of this mm-hmm. is why a lot of them do end up ge- being condemned is because they're just too expensive to gut and redo mm-hmm. but cincinnati has a very good history of trying to save these buildings mm-hmm. um there is what is it reviving I have it on Facebook and now they're one of the groups I'm in that you basically can, um, they, they list different historic landmarks and buildings that they, they want people to like be interested in buying and renovating basically. And you can buy a lot of these from like auctions or, and they're all reasonably priced. Like you can buy, a 4,000 square foot building for maybe 20 grand. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is then you have to renovate it. So, well, that's that's always the difficulty because like you, you see those viral photos of the Cincinnati public library that was torn down in the fifties. And it is amazing (sighs) to look at with the spiral staircases and stuff, but you can see why it no longer could be a library because like there was no way that you could access it if you were handicapped or, I mean, you know, the Mm -hmm. building would have had to have been renovated for something else because its use as a library was probably not um, very user-friendly, you know, because it yeah. wouldn't have had very good access. It was probably really hard from a stack's point of view to, you know, and, and so you could see, you know, I mean, it looks like an amazing building and I wish I could have seen it, but you can see why the library built a new library because they needed mm-hmm. something that more fit the community's needs now what would have been nice is if maybe it had been preserved for something else but as you mentioned it's so expensive to renovate these buildings that it's really hard to get the funding to do it i mean you look at like the museum center and music hall and it costs millions and millions to renovate those buildings and keep them workable. I can't find the uh, group immediately, but yeah. Okay. So there's. Let me let me do... know if you do because I love that stuff. I will. What axe Sorry, did you see there, Jen? Huh? What what axe did you see at uh, Southgate House? Um, at Southgate, I've never been to the original. I've only been to uh, Southgate House Revival, and I've been there twice. And the only band I've seen there is uh, Electric Six. Mm, okay yeah they, yeah. they I, I saw a bunch of stuff at the old one but i haven't seen anything at the new one i mean i enjoy the new one it's I, I think it's in an old church and it's just got a cool really cool vibe to it and i know there's there's also something upstairs where they have performances but i never went upstairs but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i yeah, I, mean- I liked it and then you can hang out outside and smoke and you can one night the second time I went, there were fireworks. I think it was Red's fireworks going off. Neat. You could see them, which was fun. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a fun place. I like it. Yeah, I mean the old one. I mean it was an impressive building. It looked very gothic when yeah. you were there. Like they painted all the a lot of areas inside black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as I recall, did did you? There was some sort of dispute, which is why they closed the first one down. And I can't remember, like the two people that owned it, there was a dispute between them, wasn't there? Something like that. Yeah. I, the only thing I saw was back in reported in 2012 was that there's a gentleman that owned it and his sisters bought it or took over the Thompson house. So they renamed the Southgate house, Thompson house. And then I think he has a Southgate house revival. This is just kind of speculation on my part. I didn't dive down that far. Mm-hmm. I because, remember it um, being a big story at the time, but I, I should yeah, have the details. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was more interested story, in the dead people haunting it. So. True, true, true. <laughs> I, I did read that story, but I, I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. So my, if my you brain have any is information, mush. you can send it to <laughs> our haunted mail. Um, but even Which, more, we want to hear your haunted stories. of the. I'd rather hear haunted stories. So if you're either a patron and seen something strange there or worked there or are working there, you can email us at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear back from you. Yeah, I mean, so, it's so interesting. My question is the, the full-bodied guy that would just have a conversation with you in the men's bathroom. At what mm-hmm. point did they real? Was it his clothing that kind of was it old style clothing, or how did they realize that it was a ghost? That he was a Actually, ghost. Actually, he probably just faded away. It, ironically, oh, the okay. ghost stories don't really say how they discovered he was a ghost, mm-hmm. but generally, people will pick up on it if he walks through a wall, well, or if you notice that it's a dude in full Confederate army well, uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I will also note that it's fairly rare to see people in full confederate army uniform because they didn't have you it was i don't want to say they didn't have uniform it was not everyone had them so mm-hmm. unlike the federal troops that everyone was assigned a uniform and generally wore them everywhere the confederate troops this is from what i learned at gettysburg not everyone could afford uniform or were able to get one so um yeah, it, it's pretty rare to see a full Confederate outfit oh, like interesting. that. Interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll have to. Uh, if if you've seen anything there, we'd love to hear it. Yep, definitely. So we have a hometown haunt for Woo-hoo. this week, and I, I'll I'll read it because it's it's pretty short. Uh, and and uh, my sister in law has given me a couple different ones. Uh, okay. But I'm going to talk about um, her husband grew up uh, kind of in the West Side area close to LaSalle in the house that they lived in apparently one of the early owners had committed suicide and his child and widow died soon after she said also by suicide I'm not sure she said that was a true story and so they raised a bunch of children in this house and they didn't see anything but after all the kids had moved out uh, the parents said they frequently heard a child laughing and playing and her mother talking to her in the attic and they said it didn't bother them that the ghosts were friendly, which I think we'd done a weird thing where it said most people that live in haunted houses like their ghosts. And mm-hmm. so these seemed like they were pretty, you know, benign. 
but yeah. they always said that they saw or they i don't know if they saw anything but they heard sounds so uh one of the stories uh, in future weeks that my sister-in-law told me like it sounded like it was a much scarier ghost story like where her mother grew up but we'll save that one Ooh. for another time but but yeah. uh they said that the ghosts were pretty friendly in this house despite the tragic you know start mm-hmm. well that's sad it yeah. is sad yeah um you know and it's probably and, and i don't know what the circumstances were like if if, if you know obviously you know in in this would have probably been the early 1900s there wasn't a lot of mental health care or anything like that oh absolutely not so or definitely not available was really bad yeah women were just dropped off at poor farms mm-hmm. or your local insane asylum at the mm-hmm. time so which Cincinnati mm-hmm. had two of so but uh yeah it was not great if you're a child or a woman or somebody with a mental handicapness or mental disabilities like Mm -hmm. yeah you were you were dropped off or shipped off or you have a lot of ghost stories of people living in attics and seeing like faces in attics because they were Mm -hmm. kept up yeah as a matter of fact that a story having a couple weeks is an attic story yeah and uh there seems like family members being stuck in attics weren't an unusual thing yeah um, you know and this you know there wasn't a lot of safety net for people so maybe this you know husband and you know have to do more research after he passed away maybe the prospects were so terrible for the widow and child that that's why they also I mean, it could be knows. that there, there's a lot of different <laughs> there's a lot of different ways people end up dead so ooh, that's cheery oh oh goodness my and, goodness yeah, that got all, dark and yet we all do and yet we all die we yeah. all end up dead um, wow just, let's try to turn this around that's a terrible way to end well you know the, 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 whole, the whole the whole the whole thing is haunting so by nature yeah. you know somebody mm-hmm. had to die to haunt something you know oh uh, what about astral projection? Can you haunt that way? Um, what immediately comes to mind are a type of ghost from Japanese literature that I do know of. Um, I think, let me look it up real quick because I can't remember the full term. Um, they're considered a type of vengeful ghost. Um, ki meaning living, byo means ghost or spirit uh they're also known as shoro seire or ikisutama so they're disembodied spirits or astral projections of people and they can cross great distances and possess other humans so in the story of uh, the tale of genji or genji monogatari which is a classic literature written by murasaki shikibu about a thousand years ago a little over a thousand years ago and it's a fictionalized version of the court of the Heian era. And, um, oh, there's a dog suddenly burst through the door. Um, so what was really popular at that time was something called Om, Omyudo, which is uh, kind of a version of Taoism. So this is where this belief is coming from. Um, Omyudo was practiced up until about 1869, and then it's, it's faded out of popularity, but is still used today um, by some women. We talked about it with um, the ghosts of uh, 
uh, Tohoku, uh, the women that are practitioners that could be like spirit mediums, they mm-hmm. are kind of descendants of this uh, theology. So um, basically in classic stories and literature, and it's not just Japan, but other areas of history as well. Like I said, women would get power by trying to possess other women and Mm. this is how it was done spiritually you hear a little toddler saying "Uh uh-oh let me go to my door again um yeah well like you know you always hear about and and like with near-death experiences people floating around like the operating room or seeing parts of although i don't know if anyone ever has said they saw them but I'm sure it could be like near-death experiences. This also kind of runs into the same idea of being spirited away where people will get spirited away into the fairy realm in Japan. It's um, Kamikakushi. So, you know, the, the movie, the Ghibli movie that is spirited away in English, it's Sento Chihiro Kamikakushi being Sen and Chihiro are spirited away to the spirit realm. So that's also prevalent. I know um, Great Britain has in their fey culture and have that as well as Japan. Though in Japan, it's usually uh, entities known as Tengu, which are these kind of like bird men that will fly and kidnap you. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're kind of going all over the place. This is a good topic for another episode and i can pull up literary references um it actually is a topic that i studied back when i was in college because the idea of possession spirit possession being used for female rights was being explored at the time and uh that was uh that's really interesting history women gained power from basically becoming practitioners of spiritualism and possession and also um, saving other people from spirit possession. Can We can probably end it here pretty soon because I suspect next week's episode will be long because we will be talking about uh, Golden Lamb. We're going to have a friend of the yes. show, Amy Hassebrock on. And um, we're going to, we were going to talk about it on our potpourri or not potpourri, our uh, potluck episode. Potluck. And, Last week's potluck. Um, but there was so much to the golden lamb that it couldn't be crammed into a tiny segment. We're doing a whole episode on it. Um, right. And Which so, is exciting. I've never been to the golden lamb. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I can start traveling again, you bet I'm going to go visit Southgate house and the golden lamb. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you everyone for joining us on this wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast, all about the Southgate House in Newport, Kentucky. Come join us next week as we talk about the Golden Lamb up in Lebanon, Ohio, and be joined by our friend Amy Hasselbrock. You can join us on Instagram. You can join us on Twitter. You can find us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And you can always email us your personal stories at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't let the wild turkey.